Hello, you are listening to the Nourish Gut Podcast. This space is for the woman who is suffering from digestive issues like IBS and SIBO. I am your host, Carly Raven. I am a naturopath, clinical nutritionist, gut health expert, and mother. My mission is to help educate you about IBS and SIBO and take you on a journey to resolving your digestive issues. I will have real conversations and give you solutions that I know actually work. So if you're ready to be bloat-free, poo better, have more energy and become free from the fear of food, then you are in the right place. Hello and welcome back to the Nourish Gut Podcast. Today we are joined by Dr. Carrie Rigoni, who is a chiropractor, applied kinesiologist and vagus nerve coach. Uh, Dr. Carrie is doing some absolutely wonderful work um, in the field of vagus nerve Uh, and today I wanted to chat to her about what the vagus nerve is, why it's really important and linking it back into gut health, emotional well-being and also whole body health. Uh, Today we are discussing different techniques that you might like to use her approach with using the vagus nerve and she even debunks some of the common you know uh processes that people would use or you know you might go out and google for example um how to stimulate the vagus nerve and she kind of uh, gives a little bit more context as to some of the other things that you also need to be doing so that you can get that lasting effect um and good vagus tone. So I think if you suffer from any type of gut issues, stress, anxiety, or any chronic disease, I would highly recommend tuning into this episode. I'm very, very excited to be bringing her on and talking about this. It's something that I uh, talk about with every patient that I work with through my Nourish Gut program. It's an actual module um, and video that we go and dive deep into. Um, and you know, when it comes to people with IBS and SIBO, I think we really need to be, uh, doing more work on the vagus nerve and our emotional well-being. So I'm super excited. Um, and I cannot wait for you guys to jump into this episode. All right. Welcome, Carrie. A big, big thank you to you for coming on to the Nourish Guard podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today and I think we've got some really awesome things to discuss today. Um, would you like to start by telling the audience um, maybe a little bit about your passion? Um, today we're going to be talking about the, the vagus nerve and as a naturopath it's something that I tend to talk about with pretty much every patient who I work with because of how important it is. So it's really awesome to come across other people working in other professions who are also intertwining the vagus nerve and putting that as a priority in in their clinical practice as well. Um, So I think it might be really nice just for the listeners because some people may have never heard of the vagus nerve. They might not know what it is, where it's located. Did you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, um, I would love to. Um, So the vagus nerve is the largest cranial nerve in the body and it spans from our brainstem, which is in our neck, through through our neck, our torso, all the way through our gut and basically all the way down to our pelvic floor. And the vagus nerve is part of what's called the parasympathetic nervous system. So... um, you know, when in this modern life, when a lot of us are stuck in that sympathetic fight or flight, it's the vagus nerve that is able to pull us out of that. 
and bring us back down to a space um, often called rest and digest. So it's very powerful um, and it has connections to every organ in our body. And it not only um, sends messages from the brain down into the body to kind of navigate what's happening, you know, in regards to, say, breathing rate or digestion, etc., but it also scans our body and sends that information up to the brain so the brain can recalibrate and kind of make decisions neurologically based on what's already happening inside our body. So cool. And it also kind of connects into kind of like the enteric nervous system too. So that's kind of the pathway, like you've got the the one, I, I suppose, the major vagus nerve, but that also then branches out into the yeah. entire rest of the nervous system. So that's the connection there with, you know, whole body health as well. And I love how you mentioned that it reaches all of the, the major organs because it, it literally does, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. Um, and the other thing that the vagus nerve does, which is um, where a lot of the power of the vagus nerve comes from, is it has the ability with this sensing through our body to tell our brain, our um, threat centres of the brain, whether our body is safe or whether it's under threat. And this is really important because um, particularly in this modern life where we are always, you know, busy, busy, overloaded, hustling, um, all of these things add up. And while we may feel like we're coping, our nervous system might actually be saying, hey, this feels really threatening, like this is too much for my body. The vagus nerve is what has the ability to pull us out of that and say, hey, you're safe, you're not under threat, you can calm down, you can unwind, um, you know, you're safe in your body, you're safe in your environment. So um, it has a really big role to play in regulating our stress response and then the overflow of biochemical things that happen when we're either in that stress versus when we're able to kind of kick back into that parasympathetic, um, more regulated state. Mm, and I think it's so important. Like I do think so many people and, you know, even myself, we, we do get caught up in that, that busy and that I do think uh, stress is becoming an epidemic. So I think it's great to have these techniques, which we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what we can do with the vagus nerve um, and a little bit more soon. But I think it's really great and a practical thing that we can be doing specifically for stress because, mm -hmm. It is tricky. Do you see a lot of stress in, like, do you see a lot of patients who are stressed and um, overwhelmed? And Because I definitely do. Mm, yeah, I really see a combination of um, people who have genuinely low vagal tone, which means their vagus nerve has just been under load for so long that it's like, okay, I just need a rest. <laughs> like, give me a break. I can't do this any longer versus people who are just stuck in that high stress state. And I kind of call it the, their neurological set point is it's like a thermostat and it's stuck really high and they just can't shift it down even if they want to. And these are the people who maybe, um, you know, try to meditate or um, do the things and they're like, oh, I just feel worse or, I, you know, like I just can't, I can't get out of it. Um, so I think, you know, in time, if we're left in that state for too long, becomes our new normal and our nervous system out. struggles to get out. Yeah. How clever is our body? It blows my <laughs> mind. Like it really does like, 
you know, even under chronic illness, it, the body will still adapt. So even I think it's important for um, our clients and listeners to realize that under stress, our body will adapt. And sometimes we, it'll adapt in ways that isn't necessarily where we want it to be sitting and adapting to as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you um, kind of see patients, like how are you integrating um, the vagus nerve? Like are you, is there like a type of client that you would work on the vagus nerve with? Are you working on the vagus nerve with every patient? Like tell us a little bit more about like how would someone know that they could, um, you know, have some vagus nerve loving, I suppose. Mm. Um, I would say that the majority of the people who find me know already that they have a vagus nerve issue. Maybe they've tried so many different modalities. They're on a super strict diet already. They're doing everything the naturopath tells them to do. And they're like, I just can't get over the hump, you know, like I'm just always on that edge. Um, And so generally um, in my practice, I do vagus nerve work on everyone. How that looks can be really different, you know, um, working with a child versus working with someone um, with chronic physical health issues versus working with someone who's had like a major um, emotional trauma. You know, all of these things can affect the vagus nerve, but in different ways. So I kind of can really um, navigate a treatment based on where that person's at. Um, You know, a big thing with the vagus nerve is that, well, with the nervous system in general, is that it loves familiar. So if you push it too hard, too fast, then it actually pushes you further into a stress response. So um, I personally create an individual plan for each person that comes through um, that really, uh, I guess, honours that so that I'm not um, forcing their system too hard to do something that it doesn't want to do. And we actually start seeing that shift. Mm -hmm. And are there any particular symptoms that someone should kind of look out for if they, you know, their vagus nerve isn't quite, you Mm -hmm. know, as healthy as you would like? What would you say to someone? Are there a few key things that really Mm -hmm. kind of make you go, hmm, this is a strong piece (laughs) for some, you know, vagal work? Yeah, Um, So in children, a lot of the time it's um, really big levels of dysregulation. You know, they they fire up really fast and then they they struggle to regulate themselves. Um, And, you know, I mean that within their physiological capacity because kids still need us to co-regulate with them, but they're just those kids who just kind of are always stuck, you know. Something's always bothering them and they're just hard. They, They maybe you know, a bit more needy, you know, a mum might say, it's just like a a needy child, like emotionally needy or physically needy. Mm. Um, And children who have really unexplained symptoms, whether it's um, digestive issues or sleep, um, you know, they're waking through the night or they're hard to get to fall asleep. Um, That's probably the biggest thing that I see in children. Um, And then I see a lot of adults who um, maybe have mental health things that they're they're trying to clear without medication um, and they're just trying to rebalance their stress response. Um, And a lot of adults who, yeah, same thing really, digestive stuff that they've tried every diet under the sun, they've tried every supplement, they just feel like they're not getting anywhere, really low energy for no real reason. 
Um, and the other thing that the vagus nerve does is it has it plays a really big role in uh, social engagement. So um, people who um, adults and kids alike who maybe call themselves an introvert it may be because of this low vagal tone you know the vagus mm, nerve so interesting yeah it's all about you know eye contact and how um how much we want to engage socially so that small talk to make a connection to then get into a deeper relationship all of these little things um if you hate all that then it's likely that um there's a vagus nerve issue going on and I think that does link into with, you know, the social anxiety or the mental health stuff. So I can see that, you know, that bit of that picture, holistic picture and how it would be impacting. Um, so why do you think the vagus nerve, like uh, in my program, I run um, the Nourished Up program and we work specifically uh, helping with people with IBS and SIBO. And, you know, I was really excited that you were like, I want to come and talk about this because I think it's something, you know, there's a module in, in the program and where I talk to my patients about the vagus nerve. And I just wanted to kind of open up that discussion now about how, you know, it is related to gut health. Um, and, you know, I think that a lot of people with gut issues and IBS in particular we need to be working on the nervous system we need to be addressing stress and anxiety and emotional well-being at the same time mm. and what I've seen in my years of practice is if people kind of come through my program or they work with me and maybe you can relate as well in in your practice and they do all the things they eat all of the foods they you know take all the supplements they move their body you know and but if they're not willing to kind of uh, look at their emotional health and well-being and actually kind of take a step back and uh, work through emotional traumas or, you know, the psychological side of this as well, mm -hmm. sometimes I can only see them getting so far, right? They can kind of get to 80 or 90% better and I, and yeah, do you know what I'm kind of saying? I'd love to kind of open up this conversation because it's a really big, big thing that I'm seeing with my patients. Um, and maybe we can even start talking about some things that, people can do you know to improve their vagus tone and yeah some practical things as well mm. yeah look it's a really common thing in my practice particularly um in adult women when we kind of get it there's like one session and I can never predict when that session is going to be for each individual person because we all have many layers um, but there's this one session where most women either start crying like as an emotional release or they say, oh, my gosh, I feel like I want to cry. Mm. And, you know, it's a really good cry um, in that it's starting when that vagus nerve starts working better, it just releases all of this stored emotion that we've had. And I think, yeah, you know, talking about these gut issues, if we're not dealing with that, um, the vagus nerve is just going to hold on to that. I mean, that's where we store it and it's just going to hold really tight and until we can release it all and the vagus nerve can do its job, um, yeah, we will only get so far. So just wanted to touch on that. I know you asked like two, two yes, questions. Yes, yes, I <laughs> Sorry, my brain was two step, like one step ahead as well. <laughs> so, um, 
I'll touch on, you know, how it impacts gut health maybe first. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Sounds great. So, um, you know, because it's connected. So the vagus nerve is one of the main anti-inflammatory nerves of the body. So when it's working well, our inflammation is lower, our stress is lower, so our stress hormones are lower, and, you know, simple things like that overflows to we create enough digestive enzymes and our microbiome is being kind of taken care of in a positive way and um, the, the gut muscles moving um, waste through works really well. So things are not moving too fast or too slow. Everything is just kind of moving. Everything is in this lovely balance. Then when the vagus nerve kind of comes into low tone or is functioning at a lower capacity, it just lends itself to dysregulation of that stress response. So, you know, stress hormone goes up and then the gut can become leaky or we may get some intolerances to food. Um, you know, our immune system shifts because our stress has shifted. Um, our inflammation goes up. And then the hard thing with the vagus nerve is that once there's inflammation in the body and higher stress in the body, the nervous system has a really... Um, like I guess a smart, you know, the nervous system does everything to keep us safe and alive above all else. When our stress goes up, the nervous system says, okay, vagus nerve, we don't need you because we're dealing with a big stress right now and I actually don't want to come out of that stress response. So it's like this downward spiral where maybe the vagus nerve drops down, maybe there's like a major stress and the vagus nerve works less then the gut gets inflamed. And then the, the nervous system says, okay, vagus nerve, you need to work less. And that allows more stress and inflammation. And it kind of then goes down again. And so it's like down, down, down. And this is, um, you may notice the same thing in patients is that like, you know, it was okay for a while and then it got a bit worse and it got a bit worse. And it's kind of just, yeah, it does kind of turn into this feedback loop that can be really hard to um to navigate if you're not like if you're trying to DIY and um, you're not seeking that professional help. Mm, so interesting. And I think, uh, you know, again, the longer that stress goes on, the more that situation is going to be occurring. And I do think more and more people are constantly in that state, um, yeah. which really shines a light on the need to do this work. Mm. So, now tell us a little bit about, um, you know, maybe your the process that you use with working with patients. And I, I do think you have maybe a little bit of a different insight um, into the way that you would stimulate the vagus nerve. And I'm, I'm really interested to hear, you know, um, from you. Um, and I think you're going to kind of debunk a few things, which is always a little bit exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, so my approach to the vagus nerve is really different in that um, I know it's kind of like a buzzword at the moment. Everyone's starting to talk about it and everyone is like, well, you need to stimulate it by gargling or, you know, having cold showers. And I think that all of that stuff is really great and it does stimulate your vagus nerve to an extent, but the nervous system is so complex and when someone comes into my clinic I never 
do Vegas work on the first session. So the first session is all about seeing uh, what other things in the nervous system or the gut or wherever is actually causing their vagus nerve to work at a lower capacity. Because if we don't remove those triggers, then we could gargle all day, every day, or we could meditate, um, you know, and the, the common feedback is, yeah, I meditate and I feel great when I'm meditating. But then the moment I walk out of that meditation and go on with daily life, my stress and my symptoms come back immediately, you know, like those things are great, but they just keep it at bay. We really need to get to the root cause. And that's very different for a lot of people. But, um, you know, the nervous system is really integrated. So when someone comes in for a session, I'm checking not just their vagal tone, um, but, you know, how the rest of their brain is doing. Is their brain working in unison or is kind of everything firing just as it pleases and there's no... Can I ask um, a quick question? Because you use applied kinesiology and chiropractic to do this. Are you like doing... This is like are you physically checking the body? Like, yeah. Yeah, awesome. I just thought I would clarify that. Yeah, so I start with just a full um, neurological exam. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a standard science exam, but I'm looking for those subtleties that probably wouldn't get picked up a lot of the time. And then we start using, so I use applied kinesiology as a way to guide what this particular nervous system can deal with and cope with in each session mm-hmm. so that we're not, yeah, we're not under treating, we're not over treating, we're kind of getting that nice little sweet spot for each person. Um, and it's a real process, you know, like if they've had this chronic stress for a long time, then there are so many areas of the nervous system and even their biochemistry, as you would know, mm-hmm. that kind of we have to resolve before then we can say, um, you know, I say um, when your vagus nerve is ready, willing and able to activate. And that's when you start to see that big shift is when we kind of prime it and go, okay, now it's working, like now it's able to work well. Now we start activating it. Mm, so cool and are there little like do you think that once they've kind of done that foundational work with you that's when the gargling or the big breathing and the meditating that can kind of uh almost like help them maintain a good vagus nerve tone yeah you've got to kind of do the groundwork first yeah and um you know there are different approaches that I take in my clinic when it comes to actually stimulating the vagus nerve. So I do have, um, I'm a heart math certified practitioner. So that's all about breathing and kind of embodiment, um, particularly in your heart space. And um, so that really works well for people who have a really strong pattern of jumping into the sympathetics really fast. So it kind of builds that nervous system resilience Whereas other people just need the physical, the, you know, the physical stimulation of their vagus nerve. And what I do is use applied kinesiology again to work out, you know, is it, is the vagus nerve trapped in a certain place in the body? Because it travels through, you know, little holes and the fascia can get jammed. It's like can create some scar tissue or some adhesions in there and getting that moving well, whether that's with, you know, vibration or um, sometimes I use the uh, like a rock tape or I use mm. manual therapy, just getting everything moving the way that it's meant to. So, so many ways 
that you can stimulate it either, you know, internally and externally. Um, And, you know, with kids, I find that they're pretty darn amazing in that we put their body in the right environment and we get rid of all those little stresses that they've got going on. And then the vagus nerve just like, bam, it's like, I'm here now, I can work, like, I don't need any help. So, Majority of kids, we don't need to do a lot of vagal stimulating. What we need to do is just put their body in a better environment and then it kind of just takes care of itself. So cool. And kids are so receptive to treatment, aren't they? Mm. Like I always get feel so, I don't know, like even with herbal medicines and things like that over the years of working with children, I just think, you know, they just respond beautifully and sometimes even just at the smallest and the lowest of doses. So I could imagine even from your perspective, yeah, it would be so rewarding. Mm, What are your thoughts on um, the using TENS machine and the uh, stimulation to the earlobe? Um, Do you know much about that? It's something that I have personally been doing um, and... I don't know. I don't know if it's placebo or like, but, uh, you know, I was kind of doing a little bit of reading, experimenting, experimenting myself. And I can just feel, I feel so relaxed when I'm doing that. And after that, sometimes I'll just do it while I'm reading a book um, or sitting up in bed. Um, Yeah. Have you, do you know much about it? Have you tried it? Do you think it's, I just I have read about it um, and I've read really good things. I personally haven't added it into my clinic for no particular reason. Like I'm not, um, you know, I would never say no to it. Um, I think it's a really good at-home one. Um, but, again, you got to do like, and I know you would have done the groundwork, but you've got to do all that groundwork. Otherwise, you could, yeah, wear it all day. <laughs> Exactly. And, yeah, it just wouldn't hold. Yes. Yeah. Um, and do you think that some of the groundwork is actually fixing the gut? Like would you say that pe- by people, you know, if they do have chronic gut issues, mm-hmm. for example, like an overgrowth of bacteria or chronic infections and things like that, do you think that's one of the pillars that people need to address first so that their vagus nerve tone can work better as well? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Oftentimes there's only, you know, if there's a big gut imbalance, there's only so far I can get someone before, um, before I need to clear their gut. Now that's not something that I do. I'm not qualified in that, but I did um, invite a gut health naturopath to be part of my team for that reason. Um, And it's a reason that I reached out to you as well, because I was like, yes, gut health and the baby. (laughs) Amazing. Two worlds collide. (laughs) Um, so yeah, oftentimes what I find is that, um, uh, you know, in my clinic, at least, um, I kind of work on decreasing that stress response from a nervous system point of view and then do the gut stuff. And then we double back and do the Vegas stuff. Mm, such yeah. a beautiful approach. Um, and I think it, it fits, it fits personally into my philosophy really well. Cause, um, yeah, it's almost a huge element of what's in um, my program as well. And I think you Mm. can't address, I think it goes both ways. We can't address the vagus term, uh, nerve, sorry, and see full success without the gut and vice Mm -hmm. versa. So they work beautifully together. Um, I want to talk about kids um, just for a little bit because, um, uh, you know, I think that not a lot of people would really realise the, the need to use, you know, vagus nerve in children um, and 
now that I am a mother and, you know, dived into the, the child and infant microbiome and gut health, it's such an important time of life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it is the, the first three years in terms of gut health um, and probably nervous system health um, is, is really vital. And I do think that we as practitioners need to keep shining a light on this this time of life um, and educating the parents about this. Um, it is a big, big passion of mine because obviously I work with a lot of IBS and SIBO, which is kind of adults. Um, and I can see that, you know, if we put more focus on children and those first years of life, I think that we would actually see a decrease in chronic disease. Like I really yeah. do truly believe that. So do you... Um, you know, maybe this is linked in with the vagus nerve, but I just wanted to put that conversation out there and see what your thoughts are or if you have any other, Mm. anything you'd like to share about that. It's definitely, um, you know, prevention is, is why I do what I do. So I really love seeing children as early as possible so that we can get their nervous system developing as well as possible. And I know that that's going to impact their gut health um, in some capacity as well. So it's all, yeah, raising healthy little people is like my biggest passion. Um, And, you know, that stems from my own journey of getting chronic fatigue syndrome in my 20s and going through all of these health struggles. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I do not want my kids or any other child to ever have to experience this. This is really awful. So um, it's a big driving force for me. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say now, something about kids. Oh, um, yeah, so there's some research which often shocks mums and I, um, you know, maybe instills a little bit of guilt, but there is a lot of research coming out now that demonstrates that high-stress pregnancies actually change the vagal tone of babies. And so they've measured this up to around 12 weeks of age, Um And they find that high-stress mums tend to make high-stress babies. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, then when our baby is out, if they're high-stress, they're generally high needs. And if we're already really depleted and stressed ourselves, we may not have as many tools or um, capacity to create that attachment and co-regulation with our baby when they need it the most. So I'm really passionate not only about helping these babies when they enter the world because we only know what we know at the time, right? Like lots of mums come and say, oh, my gosh, I heard you talk about stressful pregnancy and now my baby is crying all the time and, you know, what have I done? But nervous systems are very adaptable we can shift it it's not a forever thing you haven't damaged your baby Mm -hmm. um it's just a reality of modern day life Mm -hmm. um but sometimes it kind of helps mums piece some things together like oh yeah like my pregnancy was I was really stressed because I was finishing up at work and doing all these things and then my baby was quite irritable And I really struggled in that period. And now, you know, I have a toddler who's maybe a bit dysregulated or has some digestive things or um, an immune imbalance, et cetera. And maybe it really stems back down to that womb environment. Mm. Um, So I think it's, yeah, super important to be focusing on that area. Mm. And I think to kind of also remove like the guilt side of it is that 
you know, from my experience, um, we don't really know what we're heading into. And even second time <laughs> or third time round, you know, so I do think we've got to be gentle on ourselves um, because it is an enormous adventure. Sometimes mm. society isn't built to be supporting mothers well mm-hmm. enough, especially in that postpartum period. So, you know, if you are listening and you can identify that maybe this is happening don't be too hard on yourself because unfortunately it is part of society. Um, And maybe if you are looking to have another pregnancy, maybe you can look at what ways could you make that pregnancy different or that postpartum experience different with with different support networks or asking for different forms of help and things like that. Mm. Because I do think that will make a dramatic change and impact, you know, the the outcomes for baby's vagus nerve and all of those things as well. So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of put that out there because, you know, I tried to do all the things, different things for pregnancy and, and birth and postpartum and there was still things that I wasn't prepared for and it's not until you're kind of in it that you're like, whoa yeah (laughs) yeah so I kind of want to normalize that a little bit as well because it is a shock to the system (laughs) Mm, mm. yeah and just you know modern day life is you know many women work extra hard in their pregnancy because maybe they're handing over a job role or they're you know training up someone to take over their role um and they work up until the very last minute because of this cultural expectation that pregnant women should just act as if they're not pregnant um it's just this whole cultural paradigm that we're we've kind of found ourselves in that is um yeah very much beyond our you know our control a lot of the time so yeah those little things that you can do to create support or whatever you need um yeah just do it just do it (laughs) yeah the best thing I did was a doula like it was just so amazing and next time round um after birth I'm going to have a massage and maybe some kinesiology like after birth I'm going to have them come to my home like that is just like a a non-negotiable for (laughs) next time round amazing yeah (laughs) Um, is there anything else that you would like to share today um, about what you do or what you're passionate about? Um, you know, I think we've covered a lot of it. Yeah. So good. Thank you so much for coming on. And I think it's um, been a really new conversation, elements of this. Um, If you would like to find Carrie, there will be links to her website um, and social media in the show notes. So you can have a scroll through there um, and, yeah, get in touch with Carrie um, if you feel like you know, this has resonated or maybe you'd like to talk to her more, ask her some more questions. Um, she's amazing at what she does and I think um, a little bit of a pioneer as well because um, not everyone is focusing on this. So thank you for doing the work that you're doing. It's really, really needed. Thank you so much for having me. And um, what I will also do is email you. Um, I have a vagus nerve checklist for adults and one for kids that mums can kind of tick off and you give yourself a score out of 10, kind of gives you an idea of how yours or your child's vagus nerve is currently um, rated. Um, And it gives you an idea whether it's something that you might want to explore more or whether actually it's not a problem for you, um, et cetera. So um, I can email those to you so that your um, listeners have those, yeah. Cool. We can pop links to them um, in the show notes as well for people. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. 
Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Did you like what you heard? Leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about my Nourish Gut program or the Nourish Gut Kids membership, head over to my website. Would you like to be a part of a community that gets it? Join our Facebook group, Nourish Gut Community, or come and follow me over on Instagram. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time on the Nourish Gut Podcast.